Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is October 17th. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Let's get started in prayer with our day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we are going to continue our interview with Father Vincent Lampert. Uh, We started that yesterday. We'll finish it today talking about spiritual oppression and things like that in this time as, you know, the world's preparing for Halloween. Um, We're preparing for heaven. So what do we need to know? That's all ahead on the show. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for Saint of the Day. This is the feast day of Blessed Peter Cassini and Saint Ignatius of Antioch, Bishop and Martyr. Born in first century Syria, Ignatius converted to Christianity at a young age. In time, he became the Bishop of Antioch, but during the brutal reign of Roman Emperor Trajan, he was arrested and sent to Rome to be condemned. His journey was a long and difficult one. In his own writing, he says, From Syria, even to Rome, I fight with wild beasts by land and sea, by night and by day, being bound amidst ten leopards, even a company of soldiers who only grow worse when they are treated kindly. In fact, Ignatius wrote quite a bit on this long journey, sending seven letters. Five were to churches in Asia Minor, employing them to stay faithful and warning against rapidly spreading heresies. The sixth was to St. Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, who was later martyred himself. And the final letter went to the Christians in Rome, asking them not to try and stop his murder. The only thing I ask of you is to allow me to offer the libation of my blood to God. I am the wheat of the Lord. May I be ground by the teeth of the beasts to become the immaculate bread of Christ. Ignatius was killed by lions in the Circus Maximus at the age of 73 on July 6th, 108. St. Ignatius of Antioch, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. One of the great opportunities we have to seek what is above is today. And the Latin Patriarch of the Holy Holy Land has asked us to do a day of prayer and fasting today for peace in Israel and in the Middle East. And so here's what that means. It means starting now uh, through the rest of the day, we are asking you to join in his call for prayer and fasting. Now, a couple of different things on this. The prayer, pray throughout the day, you know, maybe set an alarm every hour, say a prayer, say three Hail Marys every half hour. I don't know. You know that. Pray the full rosary today. Start this morning with a a rosary for, you know, there's four sets of mysteries. Say one this morning, one mid-morning, one mid-afternoon, one late afternoon or evening. Break it up throughout the day. Pray it all at once. If you have the time to pray it all at once, Whatever you're going to do. We're going to be in a car for eight hours, so we're going to have plenty of time to pray the rosary and do some other prayers today, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. If you need help, tune in to Covenant Network, 10 a.m. We pray the rosary, 3 p.m. We pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and the rosary as well. Fasting. I had someone say to me the other day, Adam, you coddle yourself. 
you, and you coddle some of the people around you. So here's what, here's what I'm going to say. Do as much fasting as you are able to do today safely. You know, I'd never want someone who, you know, for medical reasons shouldn't be fasting to do something detrimental. But that said, for those of us who can do a lot of fasting, a lot of fasting is required. So are you abstaining from meat as part of your fasting? Are you eating anything today? Are you eating just three simple meals? Are you eating just two simple meals? Whatever it's going to be, you figure that out for you. But do as much as you can. You know, and and don't just think of food. Maybe you're going to fast from talking today. Maybe, you you know, you're retired or maybe you don't need to talk. Uh, you're just going to keep as quiet as possible today. Maybe you're going to refrain from texting today. Maybe you are going to fast from using your phone today. Maybe, you know, I don't know what that is. There are all sorts of great options out there uh, for fasting, not just the food. Start with the food. That's that's the one the church gives us. It's very easy. But fast from technology, fast from comforts, you know, maybe uh Turn the heat down so that it's cooler and you're uncomfortable. I don't know. Think about it. Think about it now. Put a plan into place for today. For those of you listening in the St. Louis metro area, we want to let you know that St. Clement of Rome will be hosting a holy hour tonight in response to this call for prayer and penance and fasting for peace. There will be exposition in the rosary at 7 p.m., followed by silent prayer and adoration that will end with benediction uh, by 8 p.m., all are welcome. St. Clement of Rome is on Bope Road, just north of Manchester, south of Clayton Road, just off I-270 for those in the St. Louis metro area. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Yesterday, we started an interview with Father Vincent Lampert about spiritual temptation, Oppression, possession, exorcism. Uh, today we're going to wrap that up, but we are going to be talking about the hope we have because we're not alone, abandoned in the wilderness, subject to the attacks of the devil. We've got a father. We've got a God who loves us and wants us to be protected and offers us that protection. So let's wrap up our interview with Father Lampert. Because we're Christians and we're always the people of hope, the other pathway leads to discipleship. We have a reawakening of our faith and the important role that God needs to play in our lives. So again, most of us don't have to worry about the extraordinary activity of the devil, but we do need to be concerned about the ordinary activity of the devil. I think back to a period in my life in my early to mid-20s, I had gone to confession after struggling greatly with a vice, a, a particular mortal sin. And I remember saying to the confessor at the time that, you know, Father, I, I just, I'm about ready to give up because I feel like as hard as I'm trying to conquer this vice as much as I, I want to conquer this vice, I keep falling back into this habitual sin. And, you know, what's the point of coming back to confession again and again and again. And I remember that he very sternly said, stop, no. I don't care if you have to come back tomorrow. You come back tomorrow. And, you know, later on learning that especially what he was talking about there and hearing it clarified was that that is that discouragement that you were talking about, that the, the devil just wants us to give up. You know, Adam, look at you. You are just a terrible sinner. Why do you even bother trying 
uh, you might as mm-hmm. well just stop. And, and if and if you give into that, well, then he's won. You know, th- that's exactly yeah. what he wants you to do is disengage. And and I'm so glad to hear you say that because that crossroads is a choice to say, all right, do I believe in the, the saving power of God and his love for me and that through the sacraments he can overcome this? Because I know for one thing, uh, it, it, I'm not a Pelagian. I know I can't do this on my own. Um, I need the grace of God. And, and in the end, going back to that habitual sin, that's exactly what it was. It was the surrender saying, all right. I, I'm not discouraged anymore. I'm just a realist. I know I can't do this on my own. So, Heavenly Father, Blessed Mother, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I need every tool you're going to pour in. And uh, the confessor told me, go to the Blessed Mother and ask her to take you by the hand to her son, because God's going to give you the grace you need, and she's going to make sure you get to him. And that was a great thing. So I, I'm very, very happy that we're able to share that with our listeners. This time of year, um, I, I do want to bring up, though, the extraordinary that you mentioned, especially with this idea, oh, you guys want to go to the haunted house tonight? We have a, a theater here in St. Louis. You know, they do all the Broadway shows that tour through town. And this time of year, they do the, the haunted tours. And that's not the only one in town. There's an old closed-down brewery that they do haunted tours of the old closed-down brewery. And, and in all of these things, they say, okay, we're going to call out now and say, Spirit, are you there? Can you hear us, et cetera, et cetera. And that takes us back to what we we said earlier about, you know, if you want to run into a burning room with a can of gasoline, you know, that's on you. I'm not following you there. But why are we making that analogy? What is the danger when we try to go to these things and someone's trying to say, okay, are there any spirits here who can hear us? I mean, what are the doors that are potentially being unlocked in those moments? I think people need to understand that spiritual creatures don't live in a location, you know, lacking any physical form. They don't have an address like you and I have. So technically, we would say they're neither here nor there. We would say they are in a location if they're choosing to act there. So it's actually the very activities that people are doing when they go to these places that are attracting the attention of the demons. And ultimately, the demons aren't concerned about a location. They're concerned about attaching themselves to people. Because there's a lot of people that go to these haunted locations, and then afterwards, even though they're back home, they feel like something is still with them that came from that place. So demons, again, are interested in making attachments to us. And when they do that, their ultimate goal is to cause us to... I don't know, our lives to begin to unravel, whereby we just, uh, again, we feel maybe we're dealing with vexation, maybe we're dealing with obsession. So again, that's the real danger with all of these types of things. What what you're saying here is, is that it's not necessarily the place. I want to make sure I understand this correctly. It's not necessarily the place. It's just the fact that someone's going there and saying, hey, is there anybody here? It's like radars <laughs> go off and the demons are saying, hey, you know, there's some people over there looking for us. Uh and they don't know they don't know who we are necessarily. They don't know how bad we can be, but here's our opportunity because they've called out and it, almost as if they've turned on the homing beacon to say if you're looking for someone to oppress demons, here we are, come oppress us. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, we think okay, well we left the place, so we're, you know, if 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 you said I'm going to go to Adam's house, but you know what, never mind. I don't want to be around Adam anymore. I'm going to leave his house and as long as he stays there, I'm good. It's like no, th- these creatures don't have that physical uh, presence. They're, they're going to follow you home the minute they latch on to you because you've turned on this big bright beacon saying, well, here I am, and I'm curious, and I'm looking, and if you want to come attach yourself, come attach mm-hmm. yourself. And that's the danger. Yep, 
And we've given them permission to do that. Yeah. I mean, we can do that directly when we know that we do something that's contrary to the way that God calls us to live our lives. But we can also do it indirectly. Again, going on the haunted tour, we think it's fun and entertaining. But even if we're doing something indirectly, the devil can still use that against us. It's like people who play with a Ouija board, for example. Ah, it's just a harmless game. Well, just because that's our mindset doesn't mean that the devil can't use that as an opportunity to try to attach himself to us. Yeah. So it doesn't really, you know, our mindset doesn't really matter. The devil will take advantage of permission that we give him to afflict us, again, whether we do that directly or indirectly. I've, I've heard it said that demons are very legalistic and that the devil is very legalistic. So he, he's going to be the worst lawyer you've ever encountered and saying, well, you know, you actually gave me permission here, so I'm, uh, I'm here to stay. Father, one of the things we haven't talked about yet is what God gives us, though. You know, we're not alone, as we said earlier, uh, when I was talking about my experience in confession and, and whatnot. We're not alone saying, okay, well, good luck. Here's, here's a foe that you're probably never going to be able to beat on your own, but go out there and, and see what you can do. Uh, God gives us some tools. He gives us some prayers. He gives us the sacraments. He gives us a lot of grace. What are the things we need to be doing in our daily lives to, you know, I would say protect ourselves, but really it's God doing the protecting. So to mm-hmm. avail ourselves of that protection that he so freely offers. Yeah, God doesn't abandon us to the wiles of the of the devil. You know, and the devil's not free to do whatever he wants. I mean, he's still on a leash. The devil may have been cast out of heaven, but he wasn't cast out of creation. So God can still use the devil for God's greater purposes. And I, again, as Catholics, we don't have to do anything extraordinary to defeat the devil. God has given us the ordinary tools that we need. You know, St. Paul speaks about putting on the armor of Christ. We do that as the people of faith when we give God his rightful place in our lives. I think of the world in which we live right now, you know, Western civilization was built by Christianity, but there's a lot of people today who are turning our backs on our Christian heritage. And I think we need to reclaim our Christian identity. And the way that we do that is by rooting out anything in our lives that is contrary to our Christian faith. You know, I think one of the main dominant sins in the world today is, is the one that's echoed throughout the Old Testament, which is idolatry. It's where people are looking for a substitute for God. You know, we may not be building a golden calf, but how many of us worship things like money or pleasure, those types of things? Again, we're giving something else kind of a dominant role in our lives, and that's a place that only God should have. I always like to think, you know, the first ten words of, of the book of Genesis are, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. What does that tell us about God? In the beginning, he created time, he created the heavens, he created space, he created the earth, he created matter. God creates time, space, and matter, but God is outside of all of that. And that's who we should cling to. We should be clinging to the one who is outside of this order, recognizing that God is calling us to something more beyond the life that we now know. And of course, I think the devil wants us to focus only on this life, rather than on our heavenly home. When we talk about the sacraments and we talk about prayer, and this is something that our, our regular listeners here on Roadmap to Heaven know that we uh, we harp on all the time. Pray your rosary today. 
go to confession regularly and and, and not just because of the Ten Commandments, you know, go to Mass on Sundays, but because there is also, you know, more so than the minimum of following the rules, it's the grace that God pours out through the sacraments. And so when we talk about these things, Father, um, you know, the grace that we receive from frequent worthy reception of Holy Communion, it's not just about, okay, we're part of the community because we got to go up in the line and receive communion. We are receiving our Lord. We are receiving supernatural graces uh, when we when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation and we make a good confession and we receive absolution, we're being set free from the yoke of those sins. And when we're asking the Blessed Mother to intercede for us by praying the rosary, there are graces poured out there as well when we're you know not in a state of grave sin. Um, how important are those? As we you know we've talked about the ordinary means of the devil, we've talked about the extraordinary means, but especially when we're thinking about temptation and those ordinary means that he works through. Um, how important is that grace and that frequent reception of Holy Communion, the frequent reception of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, praying the Rosary, praying the St. Michael Prayer, praying the Guardian Angel Prayer on a daily basis? Yeah, we need to be doing all those things. You know, I think the word grace is the word that gets thrown around a lot that we may not fully understand what it means. And one of the ways that I like to look at grace is that it's the invitation to live within the realm of God. And so, again, when we're going to Mass and we're praying, the, you know, October being the, the month of the Rosary, a, a very powerful tool, one of the most powerful tools that we can use. You know, the devil hates our Blessed Mother probably more than any other creature because the devil knew that he was able to get Eve to turn away from God. Then you think of the story of the, the Annunciation and the the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, this is God's plan for you. And how does Mary respond? Let it be done to me according to your word. Her yes to God reverses Eve's no. And that's something that the devil cannot, cannot tolerate. So again, when it comes to grace, we're being invited into the realm of God. And the tools that we have are the ones that you just mentioned, whether it's going to Mass and praying and reading the Bible, invoking our Blessed Mother, the St. Michael prayer. We have all the tools in front of us. I think that's why it's such a sad reality that a lot of people, Catholics today, get fascinated with the world of the occult and somehow believe that we need to borrow something from some other tradition or from the world of magic to make up for some perceived deficiency within our Catholic faith. There are no deficiencies because it's a faith that's founded by Christ himself, and he's the fullness of grace. But we don't need to turn anywhere else. We should just come to a better understanding and belief of our own Catholic faith. That's why, again, I think the challenge that we face here at this moment in the 21st century is that Catholics need to know and live their faith. And anything that is contrary to our faith, we need to begin to root it out of our lives. I think of an analogy that a priest used on our show a little over a year ago, and I'm very grateful for this one because actually one of my kids was asking the other night, we we were talking about um, spiritual warfare, and they said, you know, Dad, if the devil's so powerful, what what hope do we have? How how are we going to fight him? And I said, you know, I used to think that this was about me suiting up and putting on the armor and going out and fighting on my own. But I said, you know, let, let's change the analogy a little bit here. And I, I borrowed this from a priest that, was, as I said, was on the show. If it were raining right now, and I'm your dad, and I have a big old umbrella, 
and you don't have any umbrella, where are you going to go? Well, I'm going to go next to you so I can be under the umbrella with you. And I said, exactly. Now, now pretend it's raining really hard and the wind's blowing, so you can't just stand on the edge of the umbrella. Where are you going to go? She said, well, we've done that before, Dad. I'm going to get as close to you as I can. And he said, that's exactly it. It's not about us going out and fighting on our own. Our job is to draw as close to our Heavenly Father, who has that umbrella of protection. And the more we succeed in taking our free will and saying, I want to draw close to God, I want to do God's will, I want to draw near the Father, then we're not going to have much to worry about. Because if we're under the umbrella of his protection, we're going to be A-OK. But the minute we stop saying, well, you know, I, I don't need to draw near the Father, it'd be okay for me to maybe venture out just for a little bit out into the rain to watch this inappropriate movie or to uh, engage in this activity or pick your temptation, whatever it may be. Every time we go outside the umbrella, we're leaving that protection. You know, friends, the sacraments, <laughs> the prayer disciplines of the church, that's all stuff that's drawing us under the umbrella close to God the Father. And... I don't know about you, but that's where I'd like to be, Father. I'd like to be under the umbrella as we go through this storm of spiritual warfare on this side of the earthly pilgrimage. And the great news about that analogy, it makes me even realize that, you know, God holding the umbrella, he actually comes towards us. You know, I tell people the unique thing about Christianity is it's not about our search for God. It's about God's search for us. God is always looking for lost humanity. Even when we give in to the wiles of the enemy, God is always the one making the first move. Again, go back to Adam in the garden when he's hiding, and God says, where are you? God is always looking for us. I would even suggest that when Adam and Eve sinned and they were expelled from paradise, it was actually it was actually a moment of grace. Because if Adam and Eve had approached the tree of life in the state of original sin, there would have been no hope for salvation. But God sends them into the desert, into the wilderness, and then begins a plan to go look for them. You know, if you, you look at the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus is baptized and then immediately driven into the desert. And I would suggest the reason he went into the desert was to begin his search for lost humanity. But he first had to contend with the devil who caused humanity to fall. So that analogy with the umbrella, yeah, we're going to draw closer to God, but guess what? God wants to draw closer to us. He's going to move closer to us with that umbrella to put us under his protective shield. We just have to make sure that we don't run away, but that we, too, want to draw closer to him. Amen. I, I love it, Father. Well, friends, you know, if you want to hear more about what Father Lambert is going to teach on the demonic, on exorcism, on influences, the ordinary, the extraordinary, and what we need to be doing, the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology has a new course through Emmaus Academy with Father Vincent Lampert, where you can learn about all of these things. Just visit stpaulcenter.com. That's stpaulcenter.com slash Emmaus-Academy. Or if you just go to stpaulcenter.com, you'll find Emmaus Academy on their homepage. Father Lampert also has a book, Exorcism, the Battle Against Satan and His Demons, which you can check out. Father, I am so grateful for the time you've spent with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Uh, before we depart, could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer for our listeners? Absolutely. Loving God, we ask your blessing upon all of us. Just help all of us come to realize that no matter what the devil may be trying to do in our lives, you have the desire to do something even greater. So may we always draw more closely to you, and in doing so, claim our sonship, our daughtership, 
recognizing again that we are your children. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Vincent Lambert, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. It's been an insightful conversation. We are going to take a break, but we've got more of the show after this. Stay tuned. It's a good time to stop on this Tuesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier, where this week we are looking at tiny prayer habits. Patty, what's our prayer habit today? Well, very, very tiny. It's the littlest of things. But, you know, when you do them day in and day out, and that's what a habit is, it can make a difference in your life. So today I want to talk about the tiny prayer habit called the heroic moment. The heroic moment. It's when your feet hit the ground in the morning, the very first thing. And for me, my heroic moment, I try every morning to say the morning offering, the prayer that I know we say here on Roadmap to Heaven. But I try to say the morning offering as my feet hit the ground. Now, this is an important habit. It's the habit of giving God your very first thoughts and your very first action, which for most of us is to get out of bed in the morning. So because now this is going to, I'm going to share with you, this is a little bit personal, but I have plantar fasciitis, so I'm not supposed to be barefoot. So I have flip-flops right next to my bed, literally flip-flops next to the bed. So what do I do? I put my feet as they touch those flip-flops. I start to pray the morning offering. Now, it could be any prayer you like for yourself. Maybe it's the glory be. Maybe it's an Our Father. Maybe it's your own prayer or Thanksgiving for another day. But make an effort to give God your very first thoughts and actions of each day. Don't waste that heroic moment. Offer it to God as the very first thing that you think of and do. And what I love about this every morning, it offers me the opportunity for a new heroic moment. So, you know, if I forget it today, I can just make the commitment to remember tomorrow. But I want you to just think about for a minute, over the course of your lifetime, how many prayers will be offered up just by making that heroic moment, the very first moment of your day offered to God? Don't waste it. Another great encouragement for us with just a small action, but so hard to do sometimes, especially if you're not a morning person like I am not a morning person. Patty, thank you for this daily dose of encouragement. Well, that is our show this morning. And we would like to remind you of a few things. One, pretty much right after the show, I'm going to hit the road and head out to Birmingham, Alabama with some cohorts from the station here for the EWTN Catholic Radio Conference. If you could pray for our safe travels, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to meet some of your favorite EWTN radio personalities, get some interviews while we're down there, and, you know, endeavor to bring you back the best radio shows we can put together here on Covenant Network. Tomorrow we'll be spending the day in prayer, and please know that we will be praying for you our listeners, and your intentions. And if you could pray for us, too, we'd be ever so grateful. Speaking of prayer, one last reminder before I sign off here this morning that today is a day of prayer and fasting. It's not obligatory, but you know what? I like to do more than the bare minimum. So let's not let's not shy away from it, you know? Don't be like 15-year-old Adam who would have been like, oh, he said it's not obligatory. I don't have to do anything. No. Uh, let's each do our part and... Uh, 
You know, there are those in the church who aren't able to do an amount of fasting from food because of health concerns. So those of us who can, let's do it. You know, let's. I, I love that passage from St. Paul that I uh, make up what is lacking in the body of Christ. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But, that, I mean, that's precisely the point. For those who can do this, then we're going to do that. For those who can't, well, we're going to ask you to do something else. But each of us can do something. You know, like I said earlier, it could be fasting from food. It could be fasting from technology. It could be fasting from talking. It could be, you know, intentionally fasting from that temptation to gossip. It could be fasting from that mindless scrolling. I, I, there's a term for that now. I think they call it dead scrolling or whatnot. Um, but just put the phone down. I don't know what it is, but you do. So have a plan. Stick to it today. Uh, spend some time in prayer. And, you know, I, I keep coming back to the rosary. And you know what I'm going to say. Here on Roadmap to Heaven, we're going to encourage you to pray the rosary every day. Why? Because in every apparition of the last hundred years, maybe we're going to have to play these Doug Berry apparitions again. Um, because in every apparition of the last hundred years, what does the Blessed Mother say? Pray the rosary. If not, here are the consequences. This is what, you, you know, in 1917 at Fatima, she talked about a coming chastisement. She talked about World War II. And sure enough, what happened? A great world war that made the first one pale in comparison, right? I think we're going to have to play these when I get back and revisit all of these apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Doug Berry knows them like the back of his hand. And the message is simple. You're worried about what's happening in the world today? Pray the rosary. And not just you, but get as many people praying the rosary as you can. Share that message. It comes straight from the Blessed Mother. Straight from the Blessed Mother in church-approved apparitions. So... Let's not ignore that request. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I will be back with you on Monday of next week. For the rest of the week, we will be broadcasting the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from EWTN's chapel. And so we encourage you to tune in for that. If you'd like some Roadmap to Heaven while I'm gone, well, visit our webpage at ourcatholicradio.org and click on Programs. And you can listen to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. You can also get that in your favorite podcast player. Just search Roadmap to Heaven. You'll see my picture pop up. And you can play some of your favorite episodes over and over and over again. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and pray your rosary most especially today.